everyone and welcome back to the first thing you think of podcast. I'm Olivia, the founder of La Casa de las Lenguas magazine, a bi-monthly magazine about languages and cultures. And I'm Ellie, the founder of the travel brand One Globe 360. Uh, so today uh, we're doing an episode on the origins of anti-Semitism, which is probably the one that I was most looking forward to um, in the, the whole Judaism series because I find the religion really interested anyway but with things like anti-Semitism I think we kind of spoke about it a little before is that it sounds stupid because it's so obvious but I really don't understand kind of why anti-Semitism would come about and I guess most people you would want everyone to say that because you wouldn't want someone to say anti-Semitism exists because and then you know gives a reason why you know Jews deserve it or something like that like you know you wouldn't want that and I'm sure most people you know couldn't find a reason hopefully but with things like unfortunately um kind of discrimination against and I think I said this before kind of like discrimination against Muslims I kind of understand or can see where that misconception lies and I think when that mis- when you can see the misconception you can then see what to do about it but with anti-semitism I can't see that at all do you understand what I mean by that yeah I think I think also in terms of anti-semitism in terms of my personal experience of seeing it in the news and the media it's only over the last maybe maximum five years that I've begun to see and notice it more in the media Whereas I guess in terms of other discrimination towards other religions, I think it maybe dates back longer in the media and the news, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, I, I count myself as someone that tries to stay as informed as possible in terms of like the world and the news and everything. But I would say I've seen other discrimination towards other religions more so broadcasted than more so than anti-Semitism. So that might be why as well. I know I talk about a lot like the role, well, we both do, the role of the media in all these misconceptions and stereotypes but I think potentially that could be why what do you think yeah I mean I the, still I just don't know I've got to be honest it's and I feel like it, it's a difficult thing to say isn't it because if I was to say I understand kind of where we would all come from then it would kind of sound like you know I was it sounds weird to say it this way but like for it do you get what I mean it almost as if you're you're feeling like you're justifying it, which of course you're not. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I'm obviously when I think of anti-Semitism, I think of Hitler and what happened in World War Two because I feel like yeah. that's the one thing that we could probably relate to a little bit more in terms of our education and like, you know, the proximity of it in like how many decades ago it was, um, and like you know we kind of have learned about his ideology what he thought of them and you know the things that he spreaded about them and it's like even with that information of apparently what he claimed it was all about and where it came from I still can't understand it and I guess then it's kind of like I'm confusing myself now because I know I said about Muslims where I can see where that misconception lies it's like the same thing that I can see where that misconception lies but then it's also like you know well it's obvious you know that not all Muslim person people are the same so it's like I can see in some aspects where these misconceptions lie but I also can't completely understand why 
why people have those misconceptions because you'd you know you'd think that it's obvious like you know you'd think that you know you'd look at kind of what Hitler's ideologies towards Jews and think you know how would you ever believe that I think I think it's really interesting that you you also like consider the history of anti-semitism and I think obviously speaking about the role Hitler has has played within anti-semitism and I think I guess I'm going off on a tangent already, typical me, but what do you think about comparing anti-Semitism during sort of the Hitler, Hitler um, time or era, what, I don't know what to call it, compared to, to now? Because obviously this dates back, like we're looking to say, to talk back to the Hitler time, we're looking back to, I guess, like more of the roots of anti-Semitism. Do you think from your experience studying Judaism, do you think that anti-Semitism has changed over time? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, what you said there, I think, did you say something like Hitler being the roots of anti-Semitism? Yeah, like dating, like, I guess it's looking, yeah, fundamentally at the roots of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we think about learning at school, for example, you know, I, I learned about, um, about all the world wars and, and Hitler and everything. And I think, maybe our listeners can potentially relate to understanding the roots of that because I, I don't know whether it was just me at school but I certainly like I said learn about both the world wars I feel like that's quite a common part of history for people to, to learn about um, I know our listeners are, are international and not just from the UK um, but it'd be interesting to sort of consider people's understanding of the roots of anti-semitism when they look back to their own sort of education in terms of like the world wars and that and everything yeah, well, it's interesting that you say that, actually, because I think a lot of people um, kind of think that anti-Semitism has its roots in kind of like the Hitler era, the Nazi era, um, but actually doesn't. It goes way, way back from that, and which we will talk about um, going throughout this episode. Um, but even when it came to like the Nazi era, anti-Semitism took an, another turn. It came at like a different type of anti-Semitism to what it had always been in the past. I'm not too sure it is we will be talking about it more specifically as we've gone but I think it's something called like biological anti-semitism or something like that because it was kind of like targeting the Jews from a biological perspective in terms of like you know they what was it like the suit not the superior race like the opposite of that but I can't think of the word <laughs> like I can't remember the word I know what you mean I can't think of the word either like they basically saying that they were subhumans um yeah. so like much lower than than everyone else and that was taken on a biological aspect that anti-semitism doesn't didn't have before and I don't think that we see that now like the anti-semitism that we see today I only I might be saying this because I as I've said quite a few times already I really don't understand how anyone can can be anti-semitic because I just don't understand the logic behind it but I don't think that it's the same kind of biological thing I think that a lot of the times now, I think that is quite um, subconscious. Mm -hmm. I think people make yeah. remarks and they just don't understand. Like, I think we see that a lot today, like on social media and stuff, people saying things and they don't, they just say it like in jest and like they don't realise. You know, it's quite easy if like someone's annoyed with someone else and it's it's just really easy to throw in like a race remark mm -hmm. or, you know, in this yeah. in this sense something to do with it with a religion. And I think the majority of the times that it's people don't realise. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of times where it is 
purely motivated by the sense that you know they have this you know feel like feelings against the religion and is motivated by that and as I said my feeling of not understanding anti-Semitism might you know alter that might make me think that way but I think maybe particularly amongst people of like our generation like younger people I think it is just done subconsciously and I do think it's different from the Nazi era definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I think people in society nowadays I think a lot of the discrimination and racism and anti-Semitism comes from people just wanting to pick on things so for example someone could be annoyed at a particular person and they choose then to pick on um, you know their religion for example um, and I think especially amongst the younger generation it's become especially with social media if you think about the role social media plays in these sort of people see them as flippant comments sort of maybe light-hearted or banter in inverted commas obviously banter is very much a discussion itself about what is and what isn't but of course none of this is banter none of it none of this is flippant comments because if you're saying anything this you know discriminatory against a religion you know anti-semitism it's obviously not okay and I think society especially sort of younger people have definitely got caught up in sort of wording and like maybe that idea of banter you know towards maybe like friends or like I said, if someone's like having an argument with someone for whatever reason, it, they pick on pick on the fact that they could be of a particular religion, which of course is is obviously awful and, and really not okay. But I think social media plays a big part in that. And also like the society we live in nowadays is almost become not the norm, because I don't think it is the norm, but I think it's becoming more frequent, which is really sad. And I sort of think, you know, we do see sort of evidence I think of that in the media um especially I think over the last sort of year or so I've definitely seen a lot more of uh, information and sort of events of anti-semitism um you know in the media I think I guess it's interesting to look as to like why like obviously why is so important as a question in all things but especially in this case like you keep saying like why like what what there's no justification to it right like why are people picking on or being discriminatory towards um well towards any religion really but obviously in this case we're talking about judaism so i think the why question is something that i don't think we'll both ever really know to be honest really we can sort of maybe guess why but you know there's no justification to it yeah definitely so just to give a quick recap of um what the definition of anti-semitism is so anti-semitism is the ha- is having hostile views towards jews solely because they are jewish and this may take many forms such as believing religious teachings that say jews are inferior or endorsing any political actions that have the aim of isolating or oppressing jews it may also take more subtle forms such as holding stereotype views of jews or the jewish faith so it's the last part that quite got me when I was researching this in the fact of this, it can take the subtle forms like holding stereotype views of Jews. And I think for me, that probably makes me realise that maybe anti-Semitism is much more common than I would have probably thought if it's holding stereotype views, because I've got to be honest, I, I don't know, because I guess it all depends, like if those stereotype views maybe are, are harmful in 
I guess that's where like the term of anti-Semitism and what it really means or encompasses. I guess the meaning of anti-Semitism is is quite simple, isn't it? That it's having hostile views just because they're Jewish. But I guess the way in which that plays out in reality, maybe that's the part that um, everyone would would differ on and what they would say comes under that that definition. And I think that part there of um, having stereotype views, I think that's quite a it's a it's a difficult one because it's like you can have stereotype views but then they won't necessarily be bad if you get what I mean yeah they they could just be harmless does that then count as anti-semitism I think it's a really really you know interesting question because I think a lot of potentially the the anti-semitism might potentially come from just people being really uneducated and naive and having maybe making a harmless comment that they believe to be harmless because they're naive and then the subsequent impact of that of course is you know someone's upset someone's been offended you know so I think is it anti-semitism it I think the important thing here is intent so is the intent is there malicious intent to cause harm therefore like that I believe that is strongly anti-semitism if there is harmless intent and it comes from a position of naivety and lack of education. Is it still anti-Semitism? Yes, but I think following the, following the comment, for example, if there's a conversation that takes place between a Jewish person and someone who's made the comment, I think the outcome is less severe, if that makes sense, because someone has just naively said a comment that they, they didn't understand the consequences of that makes sense so I think they're both anti-semitism but I think one is more strongly hateful than the other if that makes sense yeah but you know sometimes you might do something and you might not have had the intent to hurt someone or for example someone could say something that is anti-semitic but they didn't realize that it was would you still say that that's anti-semitism it's a really difficult one because I, I I can't put myself in a personal position because as we as I've said many a time I'm I'm not religious so I, I I can't put myself in a position of understanding it. Well, I can understand it if that makes sense, but I can't put myself in the shoes of someone that could have received anti-Semitic comments if that makes sense. So I don't I don't feel like I'm in a position to determine whether something is or isn't. I feel like that's up to the person who follows the religion and obviously in this case it's, it's, it's Judaism so uh, it's really difficult I feel like I could make a judgment but I would feel like it's not really my place because it's like it's anything like if I think of something with me if someone said something against maybe what I looked like for example like only I can decide whether I'm offended by it or not if that makes sense I'm trying to come up with an example that's like I mean it's not on the same pedestal of example but I'm just trying to think of something I could potentially relate to is it like I feel like then if it's someone saying comment about like I said what I look like I am I'm almost in a position of deciding whether I'm offended by it or not like I said and then it's like well if you take the anti-semitism and you say something to a Jewish person I feel like only they can really just really say whether they've truly been offended or not and they it's up to them to make that decision if that makes sense yeah I think things like this sometimes are subjective um yeah in terms of who you say it to in 
possibly sometimes in what situation you say it um you know there there are some people who I don't feel like sensitive is the right word because that makes it sound as if it's their fault Mm -hmm. um but you kind of get what I mean there's some people who kind of will just take it on the chin there are some people who would I guess it it all depends kind of like the seriousness of what you're saying there are some people who will kind of take it as a joke but there are some people then who you know just don't like it at all and you know it, it in those situations it really is down to the person and I guess that makes it a bit difficult sometimes so I think like you know the best thing to do is just to stay away from it completely um oh, 100% but, but unfortunately there are sometimes where maybe you say something you don't realize you know maybe this has you know what I'm saying has got history to it and it is offensive and so I think you know as we said you know stay away from it completely but unfortunately there probably are some times where some people in some situations might accidentally say something and I think the the, the best thing to do that is just you know listen to things like this isn't it um education unfortunately we're not going to know everything about everything in the world but and we are going to put in maybe some awkward situations because we say something and we don't realize um but you know we're not perfect so you just got to do the best you can yeah I mean this this whole podcast is coming from the position of you know we're still continually educating ourselves you know we hope our listeners feel the same and that we're providing some sort of education towards different countries, different religions, you know, different topics within religions and countries. Um, but it's difficult, isn't it? It is, it is, I think, quite subjective. And I think it's difficult for, you know, for me, you know, to, to say exactly whether someone should or shouldn't be offended by X, Y, Z of a comment, you know. Um, I feel like the, the, the person who's on the receiving end of that is has the right to be able to say, oh, I'm offended by that. Oh, that's lighthearted. That's okay. You know, it's truly up to them, I, I think. Yeah. So just kind of going on um, to the history of anti-Semitism. Um, so German agitator Wilhelm Ma, he came, was the one who came up with the term anti-Semitism in 1879. And this was to describe the many anti-Jewish campaigns that were taking place in Central Europe at that time. So even though anti-Semitism today covers a wide range of situations, it is actually uh, a misnomer as it implies that it is discrimination against all anti-Semites. So, for example, Arabs are also anti-Semites. So the way um, we use the term anti-Semitism today um, does not generally include discrimination against Arabs. So, I didn't actually know that, and that that might be I've never learned about it in that sense. I didn't know that Semites also included Arabs and not just Jews. I mean, I hadn't even, I just hadn't even thought about that. Was that something that you knew? No, not at all. I'm, again, didn't, I didn't know that. Um, really, really, yeah, really interesting to know that it, it includes more than just Jews. I think, I mean, like I've been saying this whole time, I'm learning so much and this just adds to it. But yeah, I really, I really didn't know. Um, didn't know that. Um, and do you think that, anti-Semitism then should include more than just discrimination towards Jews um you know if it's if you know Semites includes like Arabs and I don't know what the Mm. others are but that was the one included in the example do you think it should include that term that should include all of them and like if we did that what do you think the effect would this would have on the numbers because you know 
thinking of like Arabs, I can think that that would probably really in- increase the numbers if we were to look at, you know, the numbers of anti-Semitism as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it should. I think it should include all Semites. Um, I mean, because you've what you just read, you just said Arabs are also Semites. So obviously, naturally, I think, you know, this, you know, anti-Semitism should include more than just discrimination towards Jews, but also all Semites. And I think, like you said, the effect it would have would it would it would increase the numbers. Naturally, I think it would if you're including more groups of people within a uh, a category. I think that's the right sort of term of Semites. Naturally, it would. I think it would um, increase the the amount of um, anti-Semitism um, around the world, um, which of course is, is is really really sad. I think obviously any discrimination is not okay, um, but sadly I do think it would increase increase the numbers. Yeah, and like obviously we're we're guessing here. We're using our knowledge to guess, but I would think that it would increase it by by quite a bit. Unfortunately. Um, I don't know particularly why it was decided that it was just kind of Jews that would be included in anti-Semitism. I mean, it'd be interesting to know why, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's so easy for us to just say, you know, oh, they should do this, they should do that. But I don't know how that would actually work in reality, how easy it would just be to like, I don't, you know, for us, it just sounds like, oh, you know, we'll just include Arabs in it as well. But I don't actually know how easy that would be in reality mm-hmm. if that makes sense um, yeah but kind of moving on a bit then so as we spoke a little bit about kind of Nazi anti-Semitism and we said you know you asked if if I thought things had changed um so just a little bit for that so anti-Semitism uh, in the Nazi is different again it differs as I said in kind of like it's um racist aspect that Jews um were used as a target due to what they claim were their biological characteristics so this particular type of racism against Jews is back to the rise of scientific racism in the 19th century and differs from what would be considered traditional anti-Semitism that takes back many um centuries so I think kind of when we think of anti-Semitism, we just kind of see it as, you know, just having hostile views um, to Jews just because of their religion. And I think Mm -hmm. in the very first episode about Judaism, we spoke about, you know, we had this very simple definition. And if we would endorse that definition or what we would um, kind of define anti-Semitism as. And I think I said something like it's quite simple. It's just kind of having hostile views towards Jews because of their religion. And I think you said something like it's, you know, I would define it being a bit more specific. And do you think now kind of like having done obviously we've we've done a bit of Judaism, but um we've also done a bit from the this uh, episode as well and what I just read out. Do you think that defining anti-Semitism is harder than what you would have initially thought? Yes, definitely. Um, I don't know if harder is the right word, but I'd say different, if that makes sense. It's different to what I initially thought. Harder potentially so, just because there seems to be a lot more to it than I initially thought. So I guess I'm sort of, we're sort of compiling it all together to, I guess, define anti-Semitism, but I, I still feel like it's so difficult to, to define it because for example, something that we might think might not be anti-Semitism to a Jewish person might be anti-Semitism. They might be offended by a certain comment, if that makes sense. So I feel like even from my position still, it's quite hard to truly define it. Um, 
I think it would be a definition from the Jewish community would be most appropriate, if that makes sense, because they're the ones who understand, I think, this term sort of the, the best or the most. Um, I think definitely it, it's more, yeah, it's different. I think in terms of understanding like what you just said about the biological characteristics and you've got this idea of the rise of scientific racism in the 19th century. And then we've just, you just talked about um, the, the Semites, also Arabs are also Semites. So obviously that was something that knew that we just discussed as well. So I think with all those factors taken into consideration, I definitely would say the defining antisemitism is somewhat harder, but more so just different than I initially thought. Yeah, for me, it was kind of, you know, kind of, um, I don't know if like different types is the right word, but, you know, like, as it says, Nazi anti-Semitism was scientific racism. I know that's not a specific, I don't know if that would come in a specific type of anti-Semitism, but kind of maybe a specific type of racism, because it says scientific racism. But I just think, for me, I just never thought of kind of like, I guess, categori- categorizing it. Oh, that's not even a word, is it? Kind of putting it yeah. into categories. I, I think it is. I think it's a word. Categorizing. I'm probably I think not it saying be. it right though. Um, but yeah, just kind of like putting it into categories, labeling it differently. I think when you just think of it, first of all, it's just so easy to say like it's just having hostile views towards Jews. But it's like there's different types. Um, but I guess like obviously, I think sometimes you can know a bit too much. And you can make it more complicated when it's actually just simple. Do you think that, I'm not saying that there is this case in this situation, but just kind of putting this idea out there is, do you think that it is important to learn these different types or different kind of categories of racism in general, possibly? Um, Because it's kind of like, I was just thinking now, like if you know, for example, again, like Nazi anti-Semitism is scientific racism, you know, if you know that kind of sometimes, maybe then you'd be more aware of what's going on around you or more aware of what you're thinking if you can categorise it like that. Or do you think like maybe it's, it's I don't know, maybe it makes it more complicated, maybe it's unnecessary. What what do you think? Do you think it's important to learn? I, I think it is really important to learn because I think if we are aware of all the different types of anti-Semitism, types of discrimination, types of racism, I think it will educate, above all, educate people. And I think as a result, there will be less incidents of discrimination, racism, anti-Semitism, because I think people will be more aware of their comments they could be making or the, the discussions they could be having, which could be offensive. So I think above all, I'd always say in any answer to a question about maybe education or having more of an understanding, I'd always, always say that more education and more understanding um, and more appreciation of what is offensive and what isn't offensive is always a good thing. Um, so in this case, I'd say, yeah, definitely understanding all the different types of discrimination and making sure that you're not obviously um, being discriminatory in any of those ways um, is, yeah, really important. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I do think it's important. Um, it's probably not something I would have thought about before, but, you know, just as I was asking you that question, I think sometimes when you split it up like that, it makes you more aware and then you probably begin to kind of notice it in everyday life if, you know, if you're exposed to it um, much more easily. Um, and you might even like notice it in your in yourself, you know, if it's something like, um, you know, those more subtle forms of anti-Semitism, 
you know, I think just kind of putting it into more specific categories sometimes and knowing those what those categories are, I think it's a lot more easy to identify. Um, and I think that will have a lot of benefits then when it, it comes to just, yeah, just people being more aware of anti-Semitism. I think awareness is really fundamental, isn't it? You know, and it's something we've discussed throughout our, our series about Judaism, but I think just being more aware of not even just what you're thinking or saying, but also of those around you, because I think we all have a responsibility to call people out if they make comments. I think we all have a duty, uh, a role of responsibility, whatever term you want, you know, you want to, to say to be aware of what, like I said, be aware of what we're saying, what conversations we're having, and also to make sure that we're understanding what everyone else is saying around us and making sure that all our friends and our family, et cetera, are as educated as we are, or, you know, encourage them to educate themselves about important topics like this. Yeah, definitely. So just having, um, looking back again, uh, kind of more in detail, the history of anti-Semitism. So obviously we've spoken a lot about kind of it during the Nazi era, and that's probably what most of us are a little bit more aware of. But it goes so much further back than that. And I think it's important there to kind of know about that. Um, so just giving a bit of background to that so historically what began as a conflict over religious beliefs evolved into a systematic policy of political economic and social isolation so exclusion degradation and um attempted annihilation and it oh gosh annihilation annihilation (laughs) so it did not begin in the nazi era nor did it end with the the end of world war ii so it's uh Continuance over the millennia speaks uh, to the power of scapegoating a group that is defined as um, the other. So I guess you've kind of spoken about this a little bit, but yeah, do you think that most people just kind of link anti-Semitism back to Hitler and World War II? I think so. I think I think most people will link the original roots back to Hitler and World War II. And I mean, obviously I did earlier as well. And obviously I found out that actually it, it dates back, you know, further than just... Hitler and, and World War II um, but I think as a general maybe I'm, again I'm stereotyping here I would say on a whole most people do link anti-semitism to Hitler and and yeah and World War II what do you think? Yeah and I think um, I think it's it's a natural thing for us to do because it's the thing that you know again I'm speaking mainly for the UK now because this is what I have kind of knowledge of but it's what we learn about it's it's the first thing that we hear about like anti-Semitism about like you know it's the first when we hear of anti-Semitism growing up it's only in terms of the Nazi era it's it's not before that it's or anything like that you know um so I feel like I think it'd be weird if I met someone and they would know all about the, the the history of it like before the Nazi era because I would think the only way that they would know that is kind of looking it up themselves mm-hmm. um and yeah you know I feel like it is unfortunately a natural thing for us to do when it's literally all that we learn about I think like you said I think if we came across someone that knew just you know knew that you know the origins of anti-semitism date back a lot further than just Hitler and World War II and 
they were aware of just how far back it dates and they were able to give lots of information I think would be quite surprised right we would yeah. think oh like wow like where have you where have you learned this like did you study it at school or at university or, or you know or whatever I think I think it, there would it be people would be surprised to hear someone have that level of knowledge um because I think as a whole people do associate it like we said to Hitler and World War II um were you aware then generally of just how far it dates back no I wasn't to be honest I think I think I did know that it, it did have uh, a longer history um I think that was not because someone had told me or I'd looked it up but I think that was just something that I just I just guessed that it must have been something that kind of went on further than Hitler um I think yeah I think it was just something I assumed uh but if you were to ask me to, to go further than that I honestly I wouldn't have known anything but I feel like with most things like this it, it normally is something that's quite deep rooted in history when it comes to things like this if you think of kind of racism in general um you know that didn't start two centuries ago you know it's it's something that goes back so far mm-hmm. um and I feel like maybe that's just something that most people would assume but would not really have knowledge of yeah I mean I guess it's such a when you sort of add in history to a discussion like this people are always going to have sort of different views and different because obviously our listeners are international so I think people's level of education or just awareness of this will be different naturally just from like what you learned about at school and um, whether you took on history and obviously in this within this topic of Judaism you've taken on potentially more of a role with it because you obviously studied it up, up until A level and I guess with me I sort of I studied history at uni and I studied at A level so I guess and I think that plays a role doesn't it in terms of people's awareness and education in terms of what you obviously learned more of at school yeah definitely I mean like even though I done I did religious studies a level I did history a level as well and through that you know we learn about um anti-semitism as well obviously in terms of of Hitler and the Nazis but there's mm-hmm. even things that you know I didn't know um and I guess what although we learn things from kind of you know reading out the information we also learn things I think we actually mourn a lot of ways from having discussions about it as well because I think through having discussions about it kind of learn how to kind of take in that information which is obviously I think that's you can have all of the information in the world but if you don't if you don't kind of like process it and that that sounds a weird thing to say but if you don't kind of like make I guess make sense of it's probably the the best way to put it if you don't make sense of it then it's it's just worthless isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's yeah above all it's I think including history within learning about religion I'm a big I mean a big advocate for everyone you know learning as much history as possible because it really is evidence for you know how we live our lives nowadays and obviously you know with anti-semitism if we don't learn about the history of it how are we to understand it in the present day so I think looking back at the roots and understanding history is really really important in understanding what we're basically talking about in today's episode yeah, so just kind of going back to the origins of anti-Semitism. So 
hostile artists was Jews. They date back all the way to ancient times, possibly even as far back as the very beginning of the Jewish faith. So from the days of the Bible, even up to the times of the Roman Empire, Jews were heavily criticised and sometimes even punished for trying to maintain their separate identity as a religious group. So this was because many Jews refused to adopt the ways in which other non-Jewish groups in society lived their lives. So anti-Semitism was commonly found wherever uh, yeah, wherever the Jews settled in lands outside of Palestine. In ancient Greco-Roman times, for example, the differences between the Jewish faiths and the other faiths that were popular at the time were the main cause of anti-Semitism. One of the main problems was the fact that many religions were polytheistic, meaning that they acknowledged the existence of many gods, but Judaism was monotheistic, and obviously so is today, meaning that they only worship one god. So this was the main cause of anti-Semitism in the Hellenistic age, where the way in which Jews segregated themselves socially from other groups in society at the time and how they refused to acknowledge other gods um, that the other groups worshipped angered some pagans who viewed this as the Jews being disloyal. So obviously today now, um, well, we, there's so many religions. I think, I don't know if I'm thinking of languages or religions, but I'm thinking something like 6,000, but I think that might be languages. But there's probably that much, if not more, um, religions in the world. And I mean, I wrote this question out on the plan, but now kind of thinking about it, now that <laughs> it's come to this point, the question is, do you think in a way Judaism was ahead of its time at this, at this time where, you know, Judaism was monotheistic and the rest were polytheistic? But I think that's actually a misconception on my part there when I was writing that, because although the main religions and um, the Abrahamic religions are monotheistic. There are so many polytheistic, I don't know if polytheistic is the right, yeah, there's obviously was a polytheistic, but I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. So I'm going to say there's loads of other religions there that worship more than one God. So I think that's, that's a misconception on my path there. But I guess in a way you could say that Judaism was ahead of its time in terms of the main religions today being monotheistic and Judaism mm -hmm. was at that time I don't know if I made any sense of that no no I, I totally understand that I think in terms of ahead of its time I, I completely understand what you mean by it in terms that Judaism you know was and is monotheistic and obviously many religions nowadays are also monotheistic I believe I'm right in saying that um so I understand your idea of ahead of its time um an interest an interesting sort of phrase I guess isn't it ahead of its time yeah sort of like it means makes you sort of look back doesn't it to what the other religions were doing and, and, the, and the way they viewed their religions um in terms of the you know whether they were monotheistic or polytheistic um again it's something that i'm really not 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 too aware of in terms of religion this idea of like polytheistic monotheistic so i think your statement of ahead of its time i, I completely understand what you're what you're saying now i think it's an interesting quote to sort of discuss yeah, I think the problem with it, though, is... Well, I'm finding problems with myself now. <laughs> I think the problem with it, though, is that it kind of makes it sound like other religions that follow more than one God are outdated. And I think that's because uh, if you look more back in history, it was much more common, um, you know, especially, you know, in the in the early times. I mean, if you think of the Greeks, for example, they worshipped everything, <laughs> you know, Um you know they worship the sun the moon all of that and I think it just kind of 
think of that as being more outdated being like quite mm-hmm. quite a thing of the past whereas I tend to think of worshipping one god as more modern I mean what mm-hmm. is your take on that yeah. being someone that you know didn't really study religion would you kind of see it the same way it's like it's interesting when you, when you discuss the idea of like more modern like I, I really don't know whether I would associate a mono, monotheistic religion or a polytheistic religion with being more modern or ahead of its time I don't know because to me it's like you could have a modern religion that follows more than one god but that wouldn't make it necessarily more modern or less modern it's just the way it is if that makes sense so I personally wouldn't think of like modernity as a factor within this topic does that make sense like I I don't wouldn't think it would make too much of a difference yeah I think it's it's all I mean we're going off something completely from Dubism now but I think it's all what you've been brought up around. I mean, if you go to some countries, some cultures, where it's so normal for them to, you know, worship so many gods, and they probably look at kind of countries where, you know, the monotheistic religions are the the most common ones and think that we're outdated or something like that. You know, I think it's all what you've been brought up around. But I feel like just because I've been brought up around monotheistic religions... I would always look at kind of subconsciously polytheistic religions and kind of think of like, you know, the Greeks and the, I think of the Greeks personally and the Romans. And I think that's just because that's the only kind of like, you know, uh, knowledge that I have of polytheistic religions. Um, And, you know, it's, it's natural to take things like that and just go to the, like literally the first thing you think of. Um, I mean, I know this is all about the first thing you think of and things like that and most of the time we're talking about stereotypes but and a lot of the time negative stereotypes but it's the thing to remember is that it's so natural to have stereotypes and you you know to have those initial thoughts and it's it's not wrong to have them we're never going to be able to stop them you know people are naturally quite curious about religions and then they then form opinions and then they form stereotypes and misconceptions and then it's sort of like it becomes quite sort of cyclical is that the right word like it's like you sort of get in a, in a cycle of sort of like unless you break out of it in terms of the breaking out is the educating yourself you're sort of stuck in that sort of loop of sort of judgment or stereotype or you know yeah misconception whatever it may be um but I mean I'm sure we could we could we could talk about this for the rest of the episode it's so interesting isn't it this whole idea of like polytheistic monotheistic is there one that's more modern or not or like did sort of was Judaism ahead of its time like it's so interesting isn't it yeah and just like what we've been trying to do and we've spoken a little bit about is kind of like obviously when I say understanding is not endorsing things you know obviously um and there's been a lot of times, I mean, if we take it back to the series that we did about Brazil, for example, and the one on crime, we learned to see how we could understand, for example, why these people committed those crimes. It didn't mean that we said that the action was right at all, but we could understand and we could see where where something went wrong, which led it to that. And we could completely understand. I think I'm right for saying that for both of us. But as I said, it doesn't mean that we endorse it. And I know I said that trying to understand at the like in the start of this episode, I said that trying to understand kind of where anti-Semitism will come from, why someone would do it. 
And, you know, I, I said that um, I can understand where the misunderstanding is when it comes to, to Muslims. Um, I can understand that doesn't mean that I endorse, you know, how people kind of act off those feelings, but I understand where the misconception happens. But if obviously we're talking about something last years, like centuries and centuries ago now, but from what I read out, can you understand why there was opposition to Judaism at that time? Why Jews faced opposition? I think it's because they were, it was different. And I yeah. think sometimes people have an issue with things being different, you know, with, you know, with Judaism being monotheistic and many religions, other religions were polytheistic. So obviously Judaism stood, stood out. But nowadays, and I'm sure even dating back, if anything is different, people, people like to make judgments, some positive, but also equally some negative. Um, so in that way, like you said, we're not endorsing the understanding at all, but I think we can potentially understand why there was that opposition because it just was different to what, what everyone else sort of seemed to know. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, our society has gone gone on, you know, we still have problems with differences, you know, obviously inverted commas there, but, you know, it's a lot of the times it's, it's differences if it's between race, if it's between religions. Unfortunately, it still does cause problems, but I feel like, um, you know, in general, things, pe- things and people are a lot more open to differences. And, you know... Uh, I feel, yeah, I just feel like societies would have obviously grown quite a bit from the time that we're talking about to today and obviously never lived in our times so I'm not saying this from a first-hand experience but I feel like at that time probably differences would have stood out a lot more and would have caused a lot more more of a problem um, because it's you know I can only begin to think of what that society would have been like but I guess we can't even begin to compare it to the society that we live in mm-hmm. today. I feel like they would have been a lot less open to differences. You know, it sounds weird for us now talking about, you know, how it was because Judaism was monotheistic and wouldn't take on the way of life of these other religions. It's it's something that maybe would have, you know, today, I guess it does cause a little bit of problems, not in the same context of how many gods you worship, but it, I, in other contexts, it still does cause a little bit of problems between people. But, you know, I feel like at that point in time, um, you know, I feel like, you know, it would have, it would have been a lot harder for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, I understand. I, I think in society nowadays, in many, many ways, people are more open-minded and they're more accepting of differences, but potentially looking back into the past, potentially people were not as open to understanding those differences. And then from that, it became, you know, the misunderstanding of differences. So do you think then the discrimination comes from that misunderstanding of the differences? So, you know, the followers of the other religions couldn't quite understand the differences between their religion and Judaism. And then subsequently this led to the discrimination. What's your sort of understanding of the misunderstanding of differences? Yeah, I think kind of like all discrimination really kind of comes from this misunderstanding of something. But I think when we take it back so far in history, like this year, I feel like that becomes even more evident because we can see that it was just like they were very different and they didn't want to become one. They wanted to say separate. So they just kind of saw that as, well, you're being disloyal to me. You know, it's kind of that misunderstanding of the fact that 
just because they're different doesn't mean that they can't both live together. I guess at that time, they would have seen it as a threat. You know, I guess they would have kind of lived in their own little communities, um, you know, their groups by religions. I guess that's how they would have lived. And I think, yeah, no, I, I really see what you're saying. Yeah, and and you know they they would have seen it as a threat, and that's I guess that's where the misunderstanding lies. There is that you know it sort of sounds so weird now to think, doesn't it? Like no follower of religion is going to just because one person follows this other religion and you know hundreds of other people follow this other religion doesn't mean that that one person is going to be a threat to them I guess unfortunately the way in which we see it today is probably the more relevant part of it is kind of like you know these Islamist extremists um, and kind of like the other people who are not following their law you know Mm-hmm. if you understand yeah. what I mean and they kind of see the other people who are not following that law as being a threat to them well that's obviously a misunderstanding because you know not just because people who are different can live different lives and it's it's not a threat just because we're different doesn't mean we're doing something wrong I think you know the, that is the example you, you you've said is 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 one which I think is really helpful for people to be able to, to, be able to understand this idea of like the misunderstanding of differences. Um, especially, you know, it's something that's in the, in the media a lot. Um, and I think misunderstanding differences is one of the most, one of the biggest issues, I think, in terms of people's perception of religion and then the sort of discrimination or stereotypes or racism that can come from that if that makes sense I think misunderstanding differences if someone wants to educate themselves a lot more about religions and religions just coexisting together um, I think tackling the idea of misunderstanding the differences I think is one of the first steps to take to be able to sort of gain like more of an education and like a fresh perspective on it all yeah um you know I just feel like obviously we're talking about a society that's so so long ago um you know we can't completely understand it and it's it's not even one of those things that we can use our society today to try and understand it because they're just so different things but it it all goes back to that that one common factor where it's like difference you know um and unfortunately it's that factor which is obviously difference that that does continue to cause problems today um, you know, in a very different way. But it's, I guess, the main misconception that everything else kind of comes off is that idea that because they're different or, or we're different, that we can't live together. And then I think it's from kind of that misconception that everything else comes off. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sort of move on to looking at Christianity and Judaism sort of yeah. together? Um, so despite there being some similarities between Christianity and Judaism, the fact that um, Christianity has uh, its origins in the Jewish uh, principle of monotheism, the two religions became rivals after Jesus' crucifixion. So although this started out as theological, the rivalry soon turned into political, 
um, it is agreed amongst historians that the divide between Judaism and Christianity came after the Romans destroyed the Temple of Judaism in 70 CE and the exile of Jews uh, at around the same time. So following its destruction, um, which both Jews and Christians saw as being divine punishment, the Gospels rid the Romans of responsibility and instead blamed the Jews for Jesus' death. Consequently, Jews were seen as the murderer of the Son of God and some church leaders condemned Jews as agents of the devil and murderers of God. And this accusation wasn't renounced until the 1960s when the Second Vatican Council officially rejected the ancient statement that Jews had murdered Jesus. So I wasn't aware of this. Was this something that you were aware of? No, not at all. I genuinely had never heard about this before. Um, Yeah, no, I hadn't hadn't heard about it before. And this is something that goes on to, to quite recently. I mean, 1960s, this was... Um, officially kind of renounced and this idea was rejected I mean that was the one thing that stood out to me how really recent this was I mean this was after the end of World War II and a lot of people today if we're talking in terms of history still consider like World War II as being fairly recent modern history and this was after that yeah I mean I mean even just looking for example the 1960s and it was renounced in 1960s that was only my maths is testing here 61 sorry 61 years ago so I guess it's then sort of but then you're looking at that and then we're looking also at 70 CE so I guess even within that paragraph we've just talked about there's two very different dates you know up until very you know recently 61 years ago it wasn't renounced until the 1960s but then also the context of what you've just spoken about is 70 CE so I guess it's difficult to get your head around isn't it that idea of like time and like yeah. the time in, in between the two where for, for all that time that the accusation was you know was there was you know that was the accusation that existed um and it wasn't renounced until the 1960s so I guess time plays a, a, a sort of role there doesn't it in sort of understanding the context of this yeah so I guess I think I would be right in kind of thinking that you know although it probably wasn't renounced until the 1960s I very much doubt that that would have, idea would have been actively spread amongst the Christian mm-hmm. community up until that point. I mean, I don't know, but I would find it, I would be very surprised if it was, you know? Um, again, I don't know if I'm completely correct in saying that, but I would be surprised. But what do you think are the consequences of only officially rejecting kind of that statement in the 1960s and leaving it there for so long even if it wasn't actively kind of you know spread and and you know yeah spread Mm -hmm. yeah I think because it was left for so long as an accusation and as something that wasn't disputed until the 1960s I think given the longevity of the accusation it naturally would have caused tensions and disputes and judgments between the two religions um you know because like i said 1960s like it sounds like a long time ago but in the context of like 70 ce for example you know the 1960s is not a long time ago so i think the consequences would definitely be like apparent because it just carried on for so long the idea of like that accusation and um i guess the context around the accusation obviously it's very serious like the, what you just read out is a very serious um situation in terms of that accusation 
I mean, it's easy for us to say this because I guess we're kind of, we're looking at, at this text and saying, you know, kind of logically, this is what we think would happen. But I guess it would be interesting to kind of see or know if every Jew or Christian was aware of this. Because I don't mm-hmm. know, I have a feeling that it might be something that they didn't even know, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, as I said, it's so easy for us to say we think these are the consequences or, or whatever, but I, I just have this feeling that it might have been something that not everyone is aware of. I, I, I'm not too sure why, but I have some friends. It'd be interesting to ask them and see if this is something mm-hmm. that they knew of, uh, because, yeah, as I said, I just have a feeling that it might not be. But kind of carrying on. Um, oh, yeah. So one other question, um, sorry, is why do you think this would have taken so long you know it's it's kind of like you'd think that as it, again you know kind of saying they officially renounced it in 1960s so in terms of maybe they had renounced it before but I guess paperwork would have to be done as I said you know I've said this quite a few times with a lot of things it's like it sounds so easy for us to just say they should do this they should do that but you know I guess it's not that easy in reality there's there's things that need to be done for it to be official yeah so as I said I guess they might have renounced it before but it wasn't like officially done Mm -hmm. so why do you think it would take so long to to be done officially you know when it's kind of like if if they felt that strongly that it is wrong wouldn't you think that they would prioritize that yeah, you, you would think so. Um, again, I, I, I can only genuinely just guess. I, I could not say for sure why it could have taken so long. Um, I mean, I think maybe, due, I don't know, the severity of it. It's such a serious accusation. Um, and maybe it just left deep-rooted opinions and perceptions of it, that it took time for people to sort of understand that the accusation wasn't true and that it actually was then renounced and... Um, I don't know maybe yeah the effect was so deep that it took time for people to sort of see it in another way and sort of understand that it was an accusation and that actually um in the end was renounced um what do you think yeah I I guess the only thing I can think of is maybe like the bureaucratic side of it you know as Mm -hmm. I said it's so easy for us to just say do this do that but in reality there's probably things that need to be done up until that point I mean, I don't know, maybe they had to have a historian look into it, you know? Yeah, potentially so, yeah. Maybe yeah. they had to have kind of things to back up that point, to back up the fact that they were wrong. Um, you know, because obviously they've got they've got people believe it, like, you know, they've got people believing in that religion and maybe someone would, would want proof, you know? They would want proof mm-hmm. that it was this way or, or the other way. You know, yeah. maybe, as I said, it's not so simple as just saying, it's wrong maybe they logistically maybe even legally have to have something to to back up what what they're saying um yeah it'd be interesting to kind of look into that we're just kind of moving on a little bit um to give more information so christianity wanted to replace judaism but many jews are defiant and continue to follow judaism so at the time of the roman empire when the christian church was the most dominant there were many laws that aimed to segregate jews 
and um, take away their freedoms when they pose a threat to the, the spread of Christianity. So there were laws that stopped Jews from owning land and holding public office, and guilds stopped Jews from having many occupations, which meant they were forced into jobs such as commerce, trade, and money lending. So during the Middle Ages, Christians persecuted Jews and portrayed them as aliens and regarded them as usherers. Um, there were many illustrations that showed Jews as the devil and using the blood of the Christian children in their ritual sacrifice. It was also said that the Jews caused the Black Pig. Um, and in a lot of places, Jews are segregated into what were later called ghettos. So countries such as Portugal, France, Spain, England and some German states expelled um their Jewish uh, communities so again um, as we've kind of spoken a lot about with this information is what do you think would be the long-term implications of such statements and actions? Um, I think deep long-term implications I mean some of the things that you've just read out you know Christianity wants to replace Judaism um, talking about showing illustrations that show Jesus with devil um, saying that Jews caused the black plague I mean there's so these are very like I said earlier like just about you know a few other things such serious statements and actions you know the actions obviously being as well like you said later on you know Jews were segregated segregated into what were later called ghettos so the statements and actions I think have deep long-term implications um and I think it'd be interesting again to talk to Jewish people and and sort of understand their take on the implications for for their religion and and, and looking at sort of, I feel like I don't really know what to say because some of it's so shocking. Does that make sense? It's like, it's so shocking. So it's obviously going to have long-term implications. I feel like I almost don't need to explain yeah, why because yeah, it's yeah. obvious. Does that make sense? Because some of the yeah. things are so, are so shocking. Yeah, well, kind of given an example and taken away kind of from what we think of you, because as we said, you know, it seems obvious to us that it's just, of course, it's going to have long term implications, um, you know, but kind of given an example to that, if um, we think of the French prime minister, I get mixed up with French politics, so I think they have a prime minister and a president. They do, I think. Yeah, they yeah. do. So if we go, <laughs> it's Macron, which is probably the one that we're more aware of. I'm not yes. too sure which one he is. Um, anti-Semitism is a bit of a problem in France and I think we spoke about it a little bit in the first episode but um, he was called something like something he was, he was receiving anti-Semitic remarks and it was because that he worked for a bank before obviously he was whatever he is now president prime minister whatever before he became that he worked in a bank that was owned by Jewish people and at the time I kind of knew that there was kind of this link between um, anti-Semitism and um, kind of money. I guess we'd probably be able to relate to it is, you know, like in history, and we'd have sources from the Nazis era. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it would be money or something, wouldn't it? Have you seen some sources like that and they'd have like money? Um, I don't think I have actually, no. Oh, we've seen a lot of those. There's a lot of sources with kind of like money and and things like that. Um, or kind of like, you know, the one where they're like sucking blood out of people. There was a very famous one, um, with them sucking blood out of someone, and I never kind of understood why. But yeah, because of this thing of you know, as they said, I think it, I'm trying to find it here again, but something like they were forced out of jobs, and one of the things that they went into was money lending. And they became very, very popular. That was a very, very popular um, kind of profession for Jews. And because of that, 
those remarks are still said today as I said he was receiving a kind of anti-semitic remarks just because he worked for a bank that was owned by Jewish people I mean if that doesn't kind of like put into perspective the long-term implications of such statements and such things done in the past then I don't know what does yeah I mean you're so right I mean if that's such a it's like your example such like a present day example so it's clear that the long-term implications have already been taking place and obviously there'll be implications even further into the long term um you know and and france is just one example right i'm sure there'll probably be an example for the other countries like portugal spain england and some german states there'll be other examples like macron's example in all those different countries as well and i mean it sounds like it sounds so stupid doesn't it it's like i'm just trying to understand why people would continue to make remarks like that obviously now I can see where it comes from um but I just don't know what goes on in people's heads to say oh you know in the past lots of people Jewish people were money lenders so now I'm going to make that kind of link between a Jewish person owning a bank and saying this anti-semitic remark like you know what do people get out of it I just I really just can't like understand it if you get what I mean like me, me neither I can't understand it, it is um, just, I, yeah it's just got to be like people just not being aware and just feel like hearing this once or twice and then just singing it repeating it yeah I, I yeah. feel like it's something that like we, we can't um, we won't ever understand it so I feel like it's that's why we're so like oh my goodness like we just we have we have nothing really to say to it in terms of like why like because there is no there's no justification for why do you know what I mean it's so awful and there's no there's no justification for it so it's like we're sort of searching for that answer but I don't think we'll find it you know the, the discrimination yeah. and in, in this like as we've been talking about anti-semitism it's not it's not justifiable so it's you know searching for that why I think is impossible because it's yeah it's so hard to get into the, the, the head of people that you know that say these these discriminatory comments yeah so just kind of um moving on and saying a little bit more in depth about nazi anti-semitism and the holocaust um so anti-semitism under the nazis is probably as we've spoken about quite a bit what most of us are aware of and the wave of anti-semitism also took place elsewhere so for example um the hooded men in france the arrow cross in hungary the british union of fascists in england and the german american bund and silver shirts in the us so do you think that most people are aware of the other type of anti-Semitism that we just looked at in terms of, you know, it's taking place in these other countries? Because when I think of Nazi anti-Semitism, I just think of it in, in Germany. And I, mm-hmm. I guess yeah. it seems so obvious now that kind of like that anti-Semitism taking place in Germany would cause waves of anti-Semitism elsewhere like people's just listening to what they're saying and kind of just taking it upon themselves and it sounds so weird to say for being inspired by them unfortunately there were going to be people who were inspired by them right mm-hmm. yeah you know I don't think people are aware of these specific types so for example the the hooded men in France the Aracross in Hungary the British Union of Fascists in England um, you know, as some examples, I don't. I think people would be aware that there would be anti-Semitism in those countries, but I don't think people would be aware of like the specific examples or the names of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, but as I said, it just sounds so obvious when you say it, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I guess it's just it's not something that we've learned about, you know, in school. And I guess you know 
we always say this and I know the answer I know what you're going to say but do you think it was important to learn in school that even if it's just like the teacher just saying you know yes you know the the Germans had these ideologies towards Jewish people you know they had these policies but even something as simple as just saying but it also took place in Hungary in England you know in France do you think it's just it's so important to just even say it in passing mm-hmm. I think so I think even saying in passing I mean obviously I think it would be be great to have a deeper education on it but I think it's also as a baseline just incredibly important to mention you know the, the other examples of the anti-Semitism that's taken place in for example France, Hungary, England, um, America you know for example I think when it's taught when or if it's taught at school, I think definitely that should be included. Um, yeah, as, as further examples, really, of evidence of what, what's going on, um, really. And, and, and do you think then people, people make the connection between what's happened to the Jews during World War II and anti-Semitism? I mean, I put that question in there because for me, although it's so obvious, that obviously what happened to the Jews was anti-Semitism, I guess when I was in school, the teacher never said kind of like the Holocaust, that's anti-Semitism. And I guess mm-hmm. it's a whole thing yeah. of terminology. Do you get what I mean? They never used that yeah. terminology. Um, so I kind of never made that connection when I heard the word anti-Semitism. I never made that connection of kind of what happened in World War II as an example of anti-Semitism. I just knew it as the Holocaust, you know? Yeah, I, I think terminology here is really key to obtaining like a full understanding, if that makes sense. And I think you're right. I think at school, particularly, they 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 don't define it as anti-Semitism, even though it it, it is. Of course, it is, um, and I'm sure the teacher, of course, knows it is. But I think in the teaching of it, I think it, it lacks that terminology of fully saying this is anti-Semitism. Um, I think it's just taught in a different way in terms of the terminology. Um, so perhaps that could be something that could change. Um, sort of making sure the terminology is is yeah more so correct really and in, in sort of how it's taught yeah so just moving on a little bit to so the last little bit um about this is so what makes anti-semitic ideologies under the nazis different um is the racial aspect that had never been seen before so while in the past christianity had tried to convert jews um other countries such as Spain had thrown out Jews um, from their country solely because of their faith. The Nazis targeted them because they saw them as subhuman and a threat to the Germans. So the Nazis saw Jewish as a biological trait. And so for them, it was seemed essential to purify and save the German people um, through wiping out the Jews. And, you know, we've spoken about this at the start and, um, you know, but can you see even more now just from that little explanation um, how different anti-Semitism under the Nazis and the anti-Semitism mm-hmm. that we've looked at kind of through the origins. Um, yeah. How can you see how different it is? What you just said is really interesting, you know. Yeah, I think you can clearly see how the Nazis, they target that that biological aspect. They don't just say, you know, um, if we look back at right into history as we said it was that thing of kind of polytheistic versus monotheistic religions 
but with the Nazis, they don't just say, oh, your religion isn't compatible with, I don't know, whatever religion is more common in Germany. I think it was Catholicism or some Protestantism or something, some form of Christianity. It doesn't just say that. It says that biologically, you are not compatible with us. It's like it's something innate within them that that mm-hmm. isn't right, which just takes it to another level completely, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I think I think the idea of this the biological trait is yeah like you said it sort of takes it to the to the next level if that makes sense there's such like a deeper meaning to that and I I think it's something that I I think I sort of always knew there was this like idea of like biological side to it but not in I didn't know it was to this extent so just reflecting on the episode today I think that's a big takeaway for me this just learning so much more about like you know the Nazi treatment of the Jewish people and this sort of why like they're just they're obviously we're not endorsing it at all but their justifications of the treatment in terms of like biological traits and 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 this idea of like subhuman like I just didn't know to the extent that this was the case so for me I've learned so much about that yeah I guess the thing there again is it's kind of we knew those little things we knew that they kind of said they were subhuman and stuff like that but we didn't have the terminology like you didn't have someone say they're targeting it in a biological mm-hmm. aspect yeah do you get yeah. what I mean and it's kind of when you hear someone say that it's kind of like oh that that is how we would describe it um but I think I'd never heard that before but once I heard it it kind of made it all make sense um but obviously that that's our episode on the origins of anti-Semitism I mean for me it's kind of Again, it's not one of those things that I'm going to completely understand in terms of understanding people's motives, but it has really put everything kind of, you know, into context for me. Um, and next, uh, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about something that is, you know, really relevant. Obviously, this is relevant as well, but I mean relevant in terms of the news, and it is the the whole thing with Israel and Palestine obviously it's not something that's completely motivated by religion but most people think that it is and that there is a religious aspect of it in terms of you know the religions of both of those I want to say countries but I mean whatever whatever your views of them are and whatever you call them if you think it's a country you can call it a country if you don't you know it's getting a bit political again now isn't it but it's always always the way isn't it I guess it was yeah whatever you identify them as just pretend yeah (laughs) um and we're going to be talking about that um I want to say I'm looking forward to it but it's quite controversial and I don't know what the right thing is to say about it but we will be talking about that yeah I feel like it's you know a lot of what we talk about is controversial and I think sometimes people shy away from you know controversy and I think it's easy to do so but I think what we're doing which I'm really proud of is actually we're sort of confronting the controversy in a way and sort of trying to educate ourselves on it and hopefully the, list, the listeners feel educated yeah. as well at the same time so just a massive thank you again for listening to today's episode um if you found today's episode really interesting don't forget to check out the rest of our episodes on judaism and of course as well the countries that we've covered uh, before uh, doing judaism um you can all find them all on spotify Apple podcasts google play any of the main podcast pla- sorry any of the main uh, major podcast platforms you can find us on there don't forget to follow us over on instagram at the first thing you think of uh, where we post regular content about the countries that we have been discussing and of course Judaism as well um, yeah we regularly post on there and we will keep posting on there um, so give us a follow um, but yeah we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week